Hello everybody and welcome back to the Outbreak Podcast, an outlet for discussing creativity and the great beyond. We also discuss everything from gaming to film to the dark and dreary corners of the internet. I'm your host on this wild ride, William Key. So I'm actually in preparation of making my list of top three games, movies, and television shows of 2021. I don't think I've ever actually done a list like this before. Typically it's because by the end of the year I've already forgotten what I've watched, what I've played, from the year prior, uh, but I tried to make myself a cohesive list of the things that I do remember playing, uh, and I do have a top three games, movies, television shows that I've watched, and the subject of this is that it's not all from the year 2021. I'd like to think that I am as caught up as I can be with everything out there. It's really hard for games because I'm not on I'm not on a platform like Game Pass where I can access all the new games right away. So I'm playing things that are like a year, two years, maybe more old, and then trying to catch up from there. So that being said, I'm currently playing Breath of the Wild right now, and that's a couple of years old. As well as that blog post, I'm actually going to be making a look ahead to my top three uh, most anticipated of each of those categories for this year. For all those categories, I, I am aware that there's going to be some titles that may get delayed due to COVID, uh, but from the time being, I'm currently going ahead with the notion that they, these things are all going to come out in the year 2022. So I'm just going to push ahead. I'm going to make these two separate blog posts. I don't have a clear, concise date for each of those yet as to when they're coming out. I'm currently working on the first post that I did mention, the 2021 one, and maybe next week early next week sometime i might try to schedule that one out and then i'll quickly start working on my anticipated list for 2022 i've got a couple of gaming stories to discuss today first off the the biggest one that i found this week it came at the beginning of the week actually so the company take two interactive these are the guys who work on who are the production company behind such massive titles including the 2k series like all the 2K sports games, Grand Theft Auto, Bioshock, Red Dead. They are closing in on a deal to purchase mobile developer Zynga. Uh, these are the people behind the Farmville uh, franchise. For an estimated price of $12.7 billion, if this deal does close, which it hasn't been confirmed yet, but if it does close, it's set to be the largest acquisition in video game history. And I know last year's Microsoft Bethesda deal was pretty massive. Uh, it was a $7.5 billion deal, but this one trumps it almost by double the price. Like I said, the deal's not officially closed yet. According to Daniel Ahmad over at Nico Partners, he did post something on Twitter suggesting that there is a 45-day provision period that is set in place, and it allows Zynga to basically look at the other options on the menu to see if another company is going to come forward with an even better bid. And so far, we haven't heard anything of this, but keep in mind, this article did drop about three days ago, uh, so there's plenty of time from there for another company to swoop in and take the reins. Uh, so far, Take-Two has already is already paying over 64% of the company's existing stock price, so it does remain to be seen if they will be outbid in this case. The biggest thing I could pull from this, and it wasn't talked about, but I mean, it was hinted at, uh, in the press release from Business Wire, Take-Two has identified that there is a lot of opportunity here for both parties, Take-Two and Zynga, to really work with each other in terms of expanding upon their commercially extensive catalog, including you know from Zynga's side, but mainly from Take-Two's side. You've got properties like Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead who are, have a massive push online. And to make use Zynga as a way to sort of push into the mobile market is, very, is a very smart business move for Take-Two. 
they do acknowledge that with Zynga's help, they can accelerate their strategic initiative and bring their most successful properties to the mobile market, which it's a market that they haven't really touched yet. Uh, I know that you can play the Grand Theft Auto games on mobile devices. Uh, I haven't done it myself. I don't think it runs at the smoothest, I would believe. I feel like the best experience would be on a console, but to have that cross-platform ability is something that we're all sort of working towards. I mean, I don't have anything else really more to say on this story. Strauss Zelnick, who is the chairman and CEO of Take-Two, did announce that he is thrilled to announce that their, their transformative transaction with Zynga, which diversifies their business, establishes their leadership position in mobile. Their combination uh, brings together their best in-class console and PC franchises with a market-leading diversified mobile publishing platform that has a very rich history of innovation and creativity. They do acknowledge that Zynga has a highly t- talented and deeply experienced team, and they are working, f- looking forward to working with this team to take the Take-Two brand ahead in mobile. So I'm very excited to see if this deal does close. So maybe we'll see a follow-up article in about 45, for less than 45 days to see if that deal does follow through. If it's anything like the Microsoft Bethesda deal, I don't think that there's going to be any outbidders. Uh, $12.7 billion is a lot of change to bid on a company like Zynga. Speaking of uh, Take-Two, and actually specifically one of their bigger uh, online franchises, so there was a uh, cry for support from Rockstar this week uh, under the hashtag Save Red Dead Online. It seems as though there's a lot of fans that have been upset at Rockstar for the past couple of months and have noticed that there has not been enough updates to Red Dead Online. Rockstar had published an announcement on January 6th about some new content that was coming to Red Dead. Specifically, the gist of the update would increase the rewards for doing some existing activities in the game, making it easier to earn gold, experience items, and other currency. Basically, enhancements, like small enhancements to stuff that already exists in the game, nothing major. And it does seem like they're they do have cause for concern because the last major update that Red Dead Online did receive was back in July 13th of 2021. And that one wasn't received especially well either because according to IGN, that update had focused more on quality of life changes and new missions rather than anything transformative about the game. I mean, it seems pretty clear. Most of the attention is on GTA Online because that's what's really making them the big bucks. But there are that smaller, I guess, dedicated fan base that is looking for more out of Red Dead Online. I don't know what exactly they're looking for that they couldn't already get in something like GTA, but I'm sure that there is something that they could work around to sort of get this moving. The only thing I can think of with the fact that they're sort of scaling back on maybe releasing new content is maybe they're work speeding up development of a sequel to Red Dead Redemption 2. That seemed to be the case on something like Rock Band over on Harmonix's side when they stopped releasing DLC. Eventually they started development into Rock Band 4. Those are two completely different games, but I feel a lot of the time when they start to slow down on, on online content, it tends to be because they're putting a lot of that focus onto building out the next game. So hopefully there's a silver lining to this story. You know, and if you guys are willing to join the cause, you can tweet the hashtag Save Red Dead Online to Twitter. Kind of push at Rockstar to try to get you some more content. There was a very exciting trailer released this week for an upcoming Switch game that's coming out at the end of March. This is for Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. This trailer actually did confirm that 
Aside from a lot of new features, one of those features does include co-op gameplay. This is something actually that got me super excited. Kirby is something is a franchise that I've, I've loved very dearly. I've played a lot of the Kirby titles, including Kirby Air Ride, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, and so much more. And I'm very excited to take Kirby 3D. I think that it is definitely the best step for Kirby. And it makes me think that there are definitely a lot of other Nintendo franchises that deserve the 3D treatment on this console. I'm thinking of the Donkey Kong, of course, because we haven't seen a 3D Donkey Kong game since 64, I believe. This would be the perfect opportunity to see a Donkey Kong game on the Switch in 3D. So, of course, you know, Kirby and the Forgotten Land sort of operates like Super Mario 3D World mixed with Super Mario Galaxy. But it's got the Kirby effect, right? Um, so Kirby's abilities, including sucking up enemies to sort of gain their ability, as well boss fights and that sort of thing. This game comes out, I believe, March 25th, actually. And your co-op partner appears to be Waddle D from the Kirby franchise. And I, I remember Kirby 64, I think you could play as Waddle D in the multiplayer. So it'd be nice to see uh, Waddle D come back as a playable character. Now, finally, I want to talk about an interesting story from IGN, but it, it and it actually ties into a story later on that I have to talk about from The Verge, but that one came out today. So I think they're slightly unrelated, but I think it was sort of an answer to what's happening here in the PlayStation ecosystem. So as you guys know, obviously, it's been very difficult to get yourself a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X, uh, mainly the PlayStation 5, and that has been due to this global chip shortage that has been affecting the production of the PlayStation 5. Well, according to Sony, they have told their assembly partners that they are planning to produce more PlayStation 4s throughout 2022, I would imagine, till December and onward, instead of discontinuing their plans to, you know, continue assembling PlayStation 4s, because they're noticing that while they can't get these chips that they need to build the PS5, they can continue the production of the PS4 and, you know, slowly but surely continue shuffling out PS5s. What I'm hoping here is that well, this is this is great news for me, who obviously, you know, I'm on the PlayStation 4 right now and A, can't afford to get one and B, is going to find it increasingly difficult too when I can't afford to get one. What I'm actually hoping for from this story is that as they're extending the life cycle of the PlayStation 4, they're going to continue to produce games with the PlayStation 4 in mind, at least until they start ramping up their uh, production on the PlayStation 5 until we can get these uh, chips that are needed to produce the PlayStation 5. So yeah, um, Bloomberg did confirm that this ramped up increase in the PlayStation 4 sales and production is sort of to keep up with the supply vacuum and try to keep the gamers that are in the PlayStation system within the PlayStation ecosystem. Now, as I was saying how this pertains to another story on the Xbox side, According to The Verge, uh, they actually put out a report today that said that while Sony is experiencing global chip shortage and they're having issues producing the PlayStation 5, they're not seeing any issues on their end. In fact, they're actually, they have actually stopped, dis they've discontinued producing Xbox One consoles back at the end of 2020. So we went a whole year um, without even thinking about the fact that, you know, whatever Xbox One were on the shelf was the remaining stock. You know, they've been focusing on their Xbox Series X and S development, uh, specifically the S. Uh, they have a lot of extra stock of the S, uh, mainly because it doesn't require the same chip that is required for the Xbox Series X. They had overproduced the Xbox Series X and those had already sold out, but then they found they had excess S consoles, the S uh, being the digital only, so it doesn't have the disk drive. So you can probably go to a store and get yourself an Xbox Series S 
and just play the digital versions of the games and be satisfied there. And if you wanted to upgrade later when you get the actual disc, then you can. But Microsoft's pretty confident that they won't have to continue making Xbox One consoles because, uh, according to Phil Spencer, they can actually build more of the Series S chips in the same chip die space that they can with the Series X. And it's a key reason for why they're seeing steady Xbox Series S stock. This is a new surprise uh, about the fact that they've had quietly discontinued their production. And they're able to meet the demand considering the low price point, the low gate uh, barrier to entry for the Xbox Series S at $299. Definitely the more affordable of the consoles. And if you have a steady internet connection, that seems to be the best route to go. All right, guys, so it's time to talk about our poll question from last week. Uh, I asked you guys, are you interested in Sony's PlayStation VR 2 console? The vote seems to be split, almost 50-50. So on the Will Key Twitter page, my personal Twitter, 60% of you said yes, you are interested, while 40% of you said no. Over on podcast outbreak side, I think it actually went the other way. Oh, actually, it went 50-50. I guess somebody slipped a vote in at the last minute, but the vote is even. I'm going to assume, based on the six votes that came in here and the other votes that came in on the other side, that you guys are leaning towards the interest. You guys are are interested in the next-gen VR console. And I'm not surprised because I'm interested in it too. I had a couple of people that did comment in, actually, and give me some thoughts as to which way they're going to go. So Ryan over at, at Day One Patch Media, he did say that he's already set on buying one. He's tried out an Oculus uh, over the holidays, and it got him excited for VR. And as a PlayStation fan, it's perfect. At Red's Ramblings One said, "Hell yeah!" So he's very excited for it as well. There were people at the beginning that weren't exactly excited for it. I think there was one or two votes at the beginning that were like, "No, I'm not excited." Maybe it's just it's just people that are kind of like the NFT route, where they're just not interested in change, the old school in the industry. I'm not calling anybody out in particular, but um, VR just it does seem more interesting and it does seem the most accessible at this point. Just have to have the space to play it. Uh, the, the new poll question that I'm going to put out for this week pertaining to the first article uh, that I discussed. Are you guys interested in seeing Take-Two Interactive games going mobile? So I'm going to post that question on both my at WillKey and at Podcast Outbreak Twitter handles. Feel free to leave me a response. And the results of the poll, of course, will be announced on next week's episode. So guys, that is the end of this episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You can head over to my blog, wkey.wordpress.com, where I occasionally will post some feature-length articles, news pieces, or general opinions on anything I find interesting. Guys, if you want to follow me on any of my social media platforms, Facebook first, facebook.com backslash the Outbreak Podcast. Go ahead and like the page over on Facebook. On Twitter, you can follow the podcast Twitter account at Podcast Outbreak, but you can also follow me on my more active personal Twitter account at Will Key. That's spelled K-E-E. You guys want to follow me on TikTok? I try to post occasionally if I do remember to, but lately I've been kind of slacking. But if you're interested, you know, hit me up on TikTok. I'm at William Outbreak, and you can use at William Outbreak to go search for me on Redbubble, where you can find two shirt designs right now. We've got the Outbreak podcast logo, as well as the I Have the Song on Rock Band design, which would look really good on a bath mat, shower curtain, apron, 
I'm sure mounted on your wall somewhere in your bedroom. You can use it as a picture in the background of your Twitch stream. I'm looking at you at Noble Shadow 99. That's my buddy Alex. He, he, he streams on Twitch. I would like to see you put my face on the back wall. I think that would be hilarious. Guys, if you want to join me on Discord uh, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, links are available in the show notes below. And if you are listening to this podcast, on Podbean. Thank you for listening directly off the Podbean app. That's amazing. Let me know if you are. I mean, I I think think more people listen on like Apple or Spotify. But like I said, Podbean is graciously allowing me to produce and release more than four or five episodes a month because I pay them, obviously. I mean, this isn't this is like free advertising for them, I guess. Podbean's great. Go check out Podbean. They also help me to distribute this podcast to all of the listening platforms so i can get out there and start feeding off the the nexus of people this includes apple podcasts google podcasts spotify listen notes iHeartRadio, player fm castro Castbox, and amazon music and audible as well as TuneIn plus alexa that one's the most recent one if i haven't already sucked your brain dry from uh you know sending this podcast out into the metaverse thank you all so much for listening and have yourselves a great night